you do not have to know it all. You do not have to have it all together in order to start. The clarity does follow the action. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Honey for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds me the best deals online. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dreamjob. We're also brought to you by Native. Native makes safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and enter promo code dreamjob during checkout. Also, thanks to Peloton. Work up a good sweat at home for less than the cost of a studio class. Right now, Peloton has a limited offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code DREAMJOB to get started. Thanks to Kettlebell Kitchen for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Kettlebell Kitchen knows that meal planning isn't one size fits all, which is why they offer a personalized solution. Go to KettlebellKitchen.com and enter code DREAMJOB for $50 off your first two orders. New customers only. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I was just repeating to someone something that my sister-in-law said to me, and it's really been sticking with me and I wanted to share it with you. She was talking about this beautiful um, piece of visual art that she made. And she said, there are things that you feel you just have to make. And she said, and I've always known that if there's something I feel that I have to make, then there'll be someone on the other side, someone who needed me to make that thing, someone who this thing will resonate with. And I thought, gosh, that's so true on both fronts. Like the way she said that, there are things that you just know you have to make. Sometimes it's a song you have to write. Sometimes it's a play you have to write. Sometimes it's this uh, new business that's just been keeping you up at night and you just know you have to put it out there. And I guess that's part of why I shared that chapter last week where I read to you about Martha Beck and her research. And it really is, really is incredible, isn't it? Like she has three Harvard degrees and she's a sociology professor. And of course she became a life coach and she, she's even Oprah's life coach, but she talked about, and I read some of this to you. This was on her interview where she just was fascinated at how many people she met in the world who did things they didn't like doing. And she just couldn't believe it. Like people who had choices, who chose to do things that they didn't love doing. And there are things that we know we have to make. And what's incredible is that when we trust it and we step into that place, things just unfold. 
They really do. There's like a reason that we feel the call to make something, whatever that thing is. And it's sort of like, there's clues along the way once we start down that path and we are led to exactly where we're supposed to be. So I hope that you continue to hear that in the stories that we share on the show and that it gives you permission to go make that thing, even if it sounds like this quote unquote crazy little idea. I also just want to say a huge thank you because we saw a few hundred people bought books last week and it means so much to me. I know that we have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And so it can feel like, you know, a drop in the ocean, but it's really not um, because we actually are really close to hitting our goal. We don't need hundreds of thousands of people to buy the book in order to be a bestseller. And I just so appreciate, you know, we've tried so many different ways to offer different things in exchange for you buying the book. And what really touches me is that the thing that seems to move you the most is just when I say, I really need your help and I want this book to matter and I want people to hear these words and I want these words to resonate in people's hearts and I need your help. And because I asked for help, you answered and it just means the world to me. So I just want to say a huge thank you for that. I do not take it for granted and I think that you're going to love this book. And if you haven't bought the book already, please do. It helps me more than you could ever imagine And in exchange for it, not only do you get the book and the satisfaction of knowing that you're going to help me be on that same shelf with all the other New York Times bestsellers. Like I said before, like if you believe that, you know, this podcast has been worth 15 or $20 of value, if you believe that I deserve to be on the same shelf with Rachel Hollis and Michelle Obama, that's big company. But um, if you feel like these words matter, then please buy the book. And just to say an extra thank you, anyone who buys the book, we're just giving you as many perks as we can. And I will be doing a live workshop for five days. It's an immersion. I'll be showing up for five days live starting September 16th for anyone who buys the book. And if you can't make it live, we'll send you the replay. So go ahead. You can go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book and you can buy the book and then sign up for the free workshop, which is yours when you buy it. So thanks again. All right. So since it's September and everyone's going back to school, I thought we should look at this theme of what are the things that they don't teach you in school. We did a series uh, last year. um, And if you haven't heard that already, we did a couple episodes around this time in September of like some of the things that we think are so crucial that now I'm looking back, I'm like, I can't believe they don't teach you this in school. But this year, I wanted to share some more advice, some different things from past guests to really highlight what I think are the most essential lessons. Like, what does it really take to build a fulfilling life, to create a successful, great career, and to craft a life that really feels in alignment, like you're waking up living life on your terms. And sadly, I feel pretty certain that people are not learning this in the classroom. So I wanted to share this. So let's get into it. All right. First, I just want to address the fact that in a typical academic classroom, we're not encouraged to take risks. We're told that if we were to draw outside the lines or we don't follow the rules, we're going to fail. And I think this is such a problem because it's instilled in us this belief that if we want to start anything in life, we really must know that perfection is something that is a non-negotiable. And if it's not going to be perfect, then we shouldn't really begin at all. But some of our guests have definitely told you differently. So let's take a listen to what the incredible Seth Godin has to say about this. Getting out of about to start is the first job. Just start. Nice. Merely start. You don't have a permanent record that you have to worry about. That if you look at the original work 
of Jackson Pollock or the original work of Richard Serra or the original work of Jeff Koons, it was lousy, 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 lousy. That it does You have to be lousy first. Oh, I love so this. Stop yes. planning. That's number one. Okay. Number two, I wrote a book about quitting called The Dip. And what that book says is it's easy to start. And most people quit at the same moment. They start the gym in January. They quit in February. They start pre-med, but they quit at organic chemistry. You need to know where the quit point is because people have come before you. See where it is. And before you begin, acknowledge that that's the quit point and make sure you have enough resources to not quit then. It's okay to quit by not starting. It's okay to quit after you've made it through the quit point. But to quit in the dip, to quit in the moment when everyone else is quitting, is just wasting your time. It's predictable. You don't need to do that. Okay. And so there is a journey to get from here to a published novel or to get from here to uh, a successful career as a craftsperson. Figure out where that moment is when most of the people give up. Make sure you've laid in enough resources that when that moment hits, you don't freak. You say, oh, yeah, this is that moment I've been waiting for. I will batten down the hatches and make it through this because wow. on the other side is where scarcity lies, is the other side is where it was worth the journey. Now, I know it can be really scary to start on that screenplay or the painting or the podcast, especially when you feel like this is way, way outside your comfort zone. And you already have thoughts that tell you things like, who am I to do this? I'm going to fail. What's the point? But this clip is so important. This is the incredible Jen Sincero who wrote the book, You Are a Badass. This is going to help you realize how it's actually kind of silly for us to listen to those fears. Fear is for suckers because we participate in it willingly and we give it all of our power, sometimes until we don't. So, you know, I have a quote in the new book that says, when you succumb to fear, you are under the illusion that you can predict the future. Mm, what does because that think mean? About how, because think about how many times when you succumb to fear, you're like, I'm too, I'm scared if I invest my money in my new business, it's going to tank and I'm going to be broken living with my parents for the rest of my life, right? That's your fear. So you don't do it. You don't yes. take that leap. You thought you predicted the future by, right, you know, right. that's what fear that's is. True. It's like, you think you know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So... How many times have you been so scared of something, so, so scared, and you did it anyway, and it wasn't really that scary? Yeah. So many times. So that's why fear is for suckers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, it's not about it not being that I'm scared all the damn time, but so what? I'm going to, you know, am I going to let fear put its foot in my face, or am I going to do it? You know, am I going to do it yeah. anyway? It's like you can't go through life hoping that you're, you know, avoiding fear because it's always going to be there. It's a, it's about moving past it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's about just tolerating it because it's, I don't know if it ever goes away. And this goes back sort of to what you say in chapter 18 with procrastination and perfection, because I feel like there's so much good stuff and it never sees the light of day because people overthink it and they're not ready and they're not perfect mm -hmm. enough. And it's just because they're uncomfortable. Like everyone feels right inadequate, right? So how do we how do we get through that that procrastination and the perfection that loop? Well, when you start to understand that that's all fear based, procrastination is just because you're scared to move forward. Perfectionism, same exact thing. I mean, I, I'm, I believe in making things good, but come on, people. Yeah. Um, when you understand that what your that fear actually is a magnificent compass pointing in the direction of everything you desire, Ooh. because if you weren't scared. 
you're doing something wrong if you want to change your life because everything you've done to create the life you have now is familiar and not scary. Mm. So you better be scared if you want to change good, your life. That's so good. And I just love how my friend Susie Moore approaches fear. She's a writer, coach, and she has an amazing piece of advice on what to do when you're facing something that scares you. What do you say to a person who has that feeling of like, I would never be able to know what to say? How would I come up with an idea for content? So I have it too. Of course, I have my own imposter syndrome that I, you know, contend with every day. I like to play with it sometimes. If ever I feel afraid or something big is coming up or something new, I'm like, when my fear pops up, I'm like, is that all you got? Come on, throw it at me. Oh, Lay it on me. Oh my God. Like, I love I that. <laughs> yes. I play a game with it. You, If you play a game with something, it can't. You, uh, the resistance goes away. Like ah. you just, you, you just, you soothe yourself into a good place. Now, if you remember my conversation with Amber Ray, who's an incredible artist, and she's also the author of the book, Choose Wonder Over Worry, she has a great exercise on dealing with the parts of yourself that are so anxious or keeping you stuck. Take a listen. My new favorite exercise and technique is I create characters around the voices in my oh. head. And so I have like Grace, the perfectionist, which is this 30-something British woman who hails from London and wants everything in a very oh neat and tidy box. do that really I've well. Got- okay. <laughs> My grandma's British. I think <laughs> yeah, it yeah. might come from there. Channeling. Um, yep. I have Anxious Annie and I have Debbie Doubter and I have Depressed Susie and I have Mama Jenny and I have The Goddess and I have, you know, my like creative muse and I have all these different characters that I realized, you know, the, the voices or the thoughts inside of my head are not me. I'm just the vessel that's experiencing those sensations. And so when I was able to build the character around who they are, what their name is, what they look like, and have a conversation with them, I was able to create space between myself and what I thought I was hitting a wall against. Because oftentimes, you know, fear, worry, doubt is, you know, biologically trying to protect us and keep us safe. So oftentimes these walls that we're hitting are us hitting a zone that a part of us is afraid for us to Mm -hmm. move beyond. And you know, the problem is, is that our brain hasn't evolved with modern society. And so usually when we want to do something meaningful or take that leap or live with purpose or discover who we are, that's when it's like everything gets very dark yeah. and scary because that's so foreign and so just not okay to the worry and the fear inside of us. And so an exercise you can do is literally like, okay, so this wall in front of me, you know, what's the fear around it? What's the big worry? Okay, maybe it's the fear that, you know, it's not going to work out and I'm going to fail. Great. Okay, so what's the name of this character? Maybe it's like Afraid Annie, we'll call her. Once I've built that character, I'm, again, creating distance between me and this this voice inside my head. Then I can actually talk to Annie. And this is where we can apply what I call um, the three C's, which is courage, curiosity, Mm -hmm. and compassion. So it's one, having the courage to even do this and go there, even though it may sound crazy. (laughs) It's having the curiosity of like, you know, why is afraid Annie here? What does she want me to know? What message or insight does she Mm -hmm. have for me? And the third C is compassion. How can I actually like, you know, turn toward her with an open heart and a sense Mm -hmm. of love and just see what she needs for me? Because so often these worries or their, these fears, they may be something stemming from childhood. It's like an inner achy child that wants yeah. our attention. And if, if all of a sudden a kid ran up to you and was like, I'm so afraid I can't do this, you wouldn't punch the yeah. kid in the face and say, you yeah. suck, go away. You would say, oh, honey, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, right. tell me. And so how do we do that? How do we treat yeah. ourselves that way? How do we say, oh, afraid Annie, what's going on? Like, 
I'm here to listen. Right. Tell me. And what I find time and time again is that when we let that fear voice speak, it tends to loosen its grip. Okay, before we go on, let's just thank our sponsors. I try to eat well, nourishing foods that are good for my body, but it can get super overwhelming because there's so much conflicting, confusing information out there, right? And then I end up saying, just forget it. I'm just going to go have ice cream. But Kettlebell Kitchen knows that meal planning isn't one size fits all, which is why they offer a personalized solution. They give you the nutrition you need without any of the hassle. Super flexible. You can sign up for a plan or order it a la carte. No term contracts required. And they have all these different meal plans that can fit your goals, whether you want to slim down or bulk up or just fuel yourself for the day. They have vegetarian, keto, whole 30, and paleo options. And you can even filter by your calorie, protein, fat, and carb limits so you get exactly the right food for your unique needs. I signed up for their vegetarian plan since I'm trying to cut down on meat, and the food was delivered right to my door, which is pretty cool since I usually don't have time to go to the grocery store, or do any kind of shopping or cooking. There's shiitake carnitas were so good. It was really flavorful and tasty without being too heavy. It was the perfect thing to heat up in the microwave and eat for just an easy lunch. So if you're looking for a convenient, nutritious meal, definitely check this out. Feed the champion in you with Kettlebell Kitchen. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com and enter code DREAMJOB for $50 off your first two orders. This offer is for new customers. That's $50 off your first two orders at kettlebellkitchen.com, code DREAMJOB. Working up a great sweat can be so energizing, but the cost of those studio classes can really add up. Thankfully, there's Peloton. Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Last year, I got a Peloton bike because I really wanted the convenience of working out at home without having to commute or make a reservation for something. And I have a pretty big house, but even if you live somewhere with more limited space, the Peloton bike is pretty compact, only four by two in size, so it can fit in virtually any space in your home, no matter how small. It offers thousands of rides, which you can take live or on demand at any time, all for less than the cost of a studio class. Plus, what I really love is that you can get this live encouragement from these top instructors. So it really keeps you accountable to keep pushing through the workout and actually finish it. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code DREAMJOB to get started. So we also had the best-selling author of the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, Mark Manson, come on the show, and he had a great perspective on how to use any failure to move forward. Take a listen. Last chapter I want to dig into before we move on, failure is the way forward. So what does that mean, failure is the way forward? How can we embrace failure instead of letting it completely derail us? Well, I think it's just understanding that, again, success is, the, this idea of success is kind of an illusion. I, I see life in terms of it's just this constant iteration of try something, kind of works, kind of doesn't, learn from what doesn't, try something else. Try that, something works, something doesn't. You're just constantly iterating on the ideas. The same is true with a book. A book is never finished. At some point, you just have to be like, all right, that's good enough. Yeah, um, It's close enough. You're constantly iterating on your failures and then eventually you get to a point where people don't see your failures anymore because you're you've evolved and grown so far past you know where where they're used to so it's good. funny cuz like if i open subtle art right now i guarantee you within 1 minute i'll find a paragraph that i'm like ooh i wish i could rewrite this one you know oh, i can <laughs> totally relate to that it never stops okay now the next idea i want to touch on is this notion that failure is the final answer I think a lot of us have had this experience of getting a, a test back or an essay and there's a big red F and we think, well, that's it. Nothing I can do can change it. I'm a failure. And it brings up all these feelings of shame and inadequacy and unworthiness. But 
when it comes to your life and your business, failure is actually, it's actually a good thing. I'll let Susie Moore tell you why. When it comes to failure, the way that I think about it is that failure and success are the same road, the exact same road. Success is just further along down that road. Oh my God, that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) But people get, you know, they'll take a parking space, the first one they see, right? It's like the the path to that success is full of very comfy parking spaces, right? And so it's just further along. It's the same path. If you you interview or if, and I've had the, privilege of interviewing some really cool people like Sarah Blakely, who's the uh, founder of Spanx. And they all say they always ask questions. They never feel like they know enough. They surround themselves with right. other people. And when they make a mistake, it's like dust off straight, straight back on. Yep. Dust 100%. off, straight back on. I love that. That's it. The roads are They're the same. The road. One is just further down that road. So this point I want to hit on is the fact that you do not need to be an A plus student in order to be a success. You don't need to be the smartest. You don't need to be the shiniest star. You just have to do something that makes people feel seen and really understood. And Adam Grant, who is phenomenal, he's a psychologist, a professor, a TED Talk speaker, and bestselling author. He made a really great point about why you don't need to be an original, why you don't have to have the most revolutionary idea in order to make a huge impact. And here's what he said. I don't actually think you have to be totally original in order to do meaningful creative work. Mm. Um, one of the things I've I've learned recently is that you don't have to say something new if you say something true. Ooh, I like that. And this goes especially to anyone who who writes or communicates ideas. Is that I think we find a ton of wisdom in the experiences and stories of other people, um, yeah. and it's usually not their most unique experiences, right? It's their most universal experiences mm. uh, that allow yes. us to you know to really gain something we can take back to ourselves. So. Uh, you don't have to be original to be a creative. Another huge lesson that we need to learn is how to slow down and embrace this season of rest. When we were kids in school, we got summer vacations and holiday breaks. But when we become adults, there's no one telling us when to stop being in work mode. And Danielle Laporte, who is a best-selling author and entrepreneur, she had a really good point on why we don't give ourselves this period to step out of our work and why it's so dangerous. I have hit, I don't want to say a wall, just like a very sobering, I use that word mindfully, realization that I have been a workaholic. I am a workaholic. And I really want to be talking about this more in the near future because, well, it's my truth. It's where I'm at. So it's what I have to offer now. And it's rewarded. Workaholism is as potentially lethal as a substance addiction, which we frown upon it's celebrated and it's a thing. It's a real thing. I'm here to testify. And when you stop drinking, you stop working, your shit comes up and you are overworking because you don't want to deal with the real shit. Yeah, I can relate to that. We also had Kate Northrup on the show. She's a best-selling author and entrepreneur and she wrote a whole book called Do Less. And she shared some really good reminders on why we need to be more precious with our time instead of spending all of it being super busy and super quote unquote productive. What I'm focusing on right now is time. And I was raised in an environment where productivity was placed as the holy grail Mm. of being a valuable human. And so the motto of my life up until a couple of years ago when I got pregnant for the first time was, let me show you how much I can do and prove to you how much I am worth. Yep. I know that well. Yeah. And I I would imagine 
you listening as well knows that well, because if you're, you know, if you're on kind of the personal growth track or the entrepreneurship track, there is this tendency to be in hyperdrive around doing things. Yeah. And it can only get us so far because if, if you've read um, Bronnie Ware's book, The Five Biggest Regrets of the Dying, it's a really powerful, I wow. haven't read actually the whole thing to be perfectly honest, but you just <laughs> have to know the five regrets. And none of the five regrets is, I wish I had worked more or I wish I had done more. They're really like, I wish I had connected more with my purpose. I wish I had kept better in touch with the people I love. I wish I had given myself permission to do what I wanted instead of what other people wanted me to do. And we live in a culture that glorifies busy and doing above all, but we end up sick and exhausted and burned out and alienated from the people that we, we say that we love the most Mm. in and push, push, push. And, and it's really this linear model of success. Mm -hmm. So when we can connect with how worthy we are of using our time in the way that we deem it's most useful, then we really can create these miraculous lives where we are able to get paid for doing what we love. We are able to create these meaningful relationships and really wake up in the morning, loving the day in front of us. Now, here's an example of someone who has built an extraordinary legacy just by giving people a place where they feel like they can belong. Howard Schultz, who essentially made Starbucks the empire that it is today, he recognized that what people want most is a sense of community. And I just love how everything that he's done has been so intentional, making customers feel seen, but also the people who serve the customers, his employees. Take a listen. When you're building a business Uh, Regardless of the product or the service or the idea, the business must have a core purpose and a reason for being. Uh, In our case, uh, so much of the foundational experience is based on the people who deliver the coffee, serve the customer. Mm -hmm. And so I think very early on, we realized that the, the star of the show Uh, has to be an understanding that we have to elevate our people in ways that uh, really celebrate them and would be truthful. And most importantly, uh, we would keep our promises, whatever they were going to be. And so the the secret sauce from 1987, when we had 11 stores and 100 people working with the company, was then and is today the culture, the values, and guiding principles of the company. Yeah. And... It's not about how many stores we have or how many customers come. It's, it's about one customer and one Starbucks employee we call a partner because everyone's an owner. It's a level of intimacy uh, with regard to the experience. It's mm-hmm. a level of empathy and compassion in personally understanding who the people are uh, who are wearing the green apron and really trying on a personal level to recognize that we're, we're not in a commodity business. The coffee is not a commodity. The people are not a commodity. And certainly the customer is not a commodity. Yeah. And so all of that, I think, sits on the foundation of being a performance-driven company through the lens of humanity. And a story that I've told in the book is that I've, for the last almost 40 years, uh, every Monday in a leadership meeting and every quarter in a board meeting, I've had two empty chairs and those two chairs was a metaphor for one uh, which was occupied by a customer and the other by a Starbucks employee. Mm. And all along for 
these 40 years trying to answer the question in those meetings whether or not the decision we were making or the strategy we're going to embrace would make our people and our customers proud. If the answer was yes, of course we were going to do it. And if it was no, uh, even if it was going to make us more money, we shouldn't do it. All right. Now, one more piece of advice I want to share comes from the amazing artist and writer, Morgan Harper Nichols. Every piece of art she makes is 100% dedicated to making another person feel worthy in this world. And I would highly, highly recommend that you go look her up on Instagram at Morgan Harper Nichols because her Instagram alone is a prime example of what it means to practice empathy in your work. And this is why she now has over 800,000 Instagram followers. So she's going to explain why she is so intentional on creating her art this way and how you can start implementing this kind of approach and really serve somebody else every single day. One thing that I have been able to pick up on is that many times the person that I'm writing for is most of the time they're in a completely different season of life than I'm in. You know, I'll, I'll get a message from a 14 year old who's going through something I've never been through or someone who is, you know, older than me, who's experiencing something that's totally different. And, you know, cause all of our stories are different, but there's always a point where I'm reading what that person sent me where I just sort of feel this like tug Mm-hmm. And the best way I can explain it is that's the part where our stories connect. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I deal with too, even though we are so different, even though our stories are so different. And that's the place that I always try to start writing. I just look for that thing where I'm like, yep, I have felt that too. And here's what mm-hmm. I would say to myself. Yeah. And I try to find what's inside of me that needs to hear something about that same thing, if that makes sense. So I would say the biggest thing that that kind of stands out to me and that keeps me grounded is to just find a way to incorporate something into your routine, into your, your rhythm of things, whatever it is that you're making or you're doing that you can reach one person at a time. Maybe you get into practice every day or every day that you're working on your business or your project that you try to respond to one email every morning that Mm. somebody who's just saying, thank you. I received this and I loved it. Like maybe that's your thing. Just once a day, you know, it could take you literally three minutes to do it (laughs) once Mm -hmm. a day. Or maybe it's, you have hundred orders going out this week, but you pick one order every week to write a hand, handwritten letter into it. Like just because you just pick up an envelope and you're like, Jackie, I'm going to write a letter to her just because, and you can either do this, like just between you and what you do, or you can share it publicly and say, Hey, like I'm going to do that. And I just think that having something like that, it can really help you just remember why you do what you do. All right, before we go on, we're going to just take a quick ad break. I'm pretty much a pro when it comes to filling up my online shopping cart, but I'm not so great when it comes to finding good deals. And my husband gets so mad at me. He's like, why didn't you even try to price shop and compare? I'm like, I just don't have the time. But thanks to Honey, I don't have to worry about overspending. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds me the best deals online. It's completely free to use and it only takes two clicks to install. And Honey members have already saved more than $800 million. In fact, 
Honey has saved its 10 million members an average of $28.61. I went to Sephora's online store to order some new makeup since last week I had to do a photo shoot. And when I got to the checkout page, Honey did the work and looked for all the coupons and discounts available. And I ended up saving about $15.35, which is basically the equivalent of like three venti lattes. So not bad, not bad at all. Look, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and it's easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dreamjob. That's joinhoney.com slash dreamjob. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. It's been so hot in LA lately, which means you're just sweating so much. And when that happens... I love that I have a good deodorant. So luckily I have Native. Native makes safe, simple, effective products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. Whatever your day-to-day schedule is, like maybe you're a busy mom, maybe you have a 16-hour workday, Native can hang with you. I love their cucumber and mint deodorant. I wear it every day and it just makes me feel cleaner and more refreshed whenever I put it on. Plus, it's nice to know that I'm using something that's not made of weird chemicals or ingredients. So I don't just smell good, but I feel good about wearing it. And you can also try their other scents. They have coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, and eucalyptus and mint. And when you subscribe, you can save $2 per stick and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, or three or four months. Another bonus, Native offers free returns and exchanges in the USA. Get 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code DREAMJOB during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code DREAMJOB at checkout. Danielle Silverstein is the creator of the popular Marriage and Martinis podcast, and she's also one of our listeners. And she shares here how she gave herself the permission to dive right in without knowing exactly how it would play out. And I just think it's amazing that Danielle started a podcast because she was inspired by this show. And within nine months, they had over 350,000 downloads and her Instagram had over 150,000 followers just because she decided to take this advice, to take her own advice. So take a listen. I knew at the time when I was searching for podcasts to listen to and I was searching for marriage podcasts, I also knew that I needed inspiration. And I listened to this show um, and I remember thinking to myself, well, what if we make mistakes? Because we're going to make mistakes and I don't know if I have the energy for that. Yeah. And I do remember you saying that you were recording and re-recording and re-recording and it was making you crazy. Mm-hmm. And you were like, sometimes you just have to let it go and just kind of just put it out there and let it be. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe to get started, I, instead of worrying about redoing it and re, you know, maybe in the beginning, letting it out there with a little bit of, you know, some flaws is -hmm. just step one. That kind of took some stress off me because I I was, I let go of the, I have to put out something that's perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I, I allowed myself and Adam, my husband, some room for flaw. And, and that actually turned out, I think, to be what the people really identified with most. Mm, um, and it's interesting because in our episode, sometimes you hear our dogs barking and you hear, I mean, we're literally sitting in our living room. Yep. It is not fancy. <laughs> and our kids, you know, are slamming doors sometimes. They're fighting. And we, my husband works full time. We have no other time to do wow. this. It's literally a side hustle, you know? Wow. And we were so worried in the beginning. We were apologizing. We're so sorry that the dogs are barking or we're so sorry the do- doors yeah. are slamming. Right. And people were like, no, we love it. Yeah, it's real. So refreshing. So yeah. refreshing. Okay, so another thing we're not taught in school is to just follow our curiosity. And this is why so many of us have had to do some digging to just let ourselves explore and have fun. 
I want to share one of my absolute favorite success stories from one of our listeners, Greg Franklin, who started the Cheesecake Ninja. A lot of times we expect that we should know what we want to do or what our purpose is. But for Greg, it was just an interest. It was just this curiosity that grew and grew and grew. So here's kind of the origin story of where Greg's cheesecake journey all began. I was sitting around one day and was looking for a new hobby. So looking on Facebook, scrolling through and a cheesecake picture came up and I thought, hey, that looks pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and make that. I have no clue what I'm doing and I've heard they're really, really hard to make, but what's the worst I can do? So I got all the ingredients together. I got the wrong pan. I threw all the stuff together and I did a little research and I found out that I needed a water bath. So I got that and I'm making it. The kitchen is totally destroyed. And my wife came home and she's like, what are you doing? Like, hey, I'm making a cheesecake. And she's like, you don't bake. And I said, I know, but it looked good. (laughs) She's like, okay. So I made it and it was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. It was like all dark and crunchy on the top, but we cut it and ate it and it was pretty tasty and uh, kind of thought, man, eh, it's all right. I don't really want that as a hobby. So I kind of threw it off to the side again. And then a few days later, another picture of a cheesecake came up because Facebook likes to creep on you. And so it was throwing some cheesecake recipes and pictures at me and I decided to go ahead and make another one. So I made an Oreo cheesecake and it was pretty ugly too. And I ate a slice of it and <laughs> it was pretty good. And then I gave the rest of the way. And then, uh, throughout the next few months, I just started making big ones, uh, like a full size nine inch cheesecake. So I would make the full size cheesecakes and then I just gave them away and never tried selling them or anything. And one day it hit me, Hey, I can probably sell these. So I made a couple and I went on to my Facebook page to all my friends and I said, Hey, I have these two cheesecakes. They're banana pudding cheesecakes. They're the best cheesecakes ever. And I'm going to sell them to you for this price. And I got no response at all. Yeah. Did not sell them. So I waited Mm -hmm. a few days and reposted it. I'm like, Hey, I still have this. Somebody wants to buy it. It's really good. I got nothing. So I thought, what am I going to do with these? And then I ended up taking them to the fire department and the police department in our town. Mm. And I said, hey, I have these cheesecakes. Nobody wanted them. So here, have some free cheesecake. And of course, they were super excited about it because they like free food and they like desserts. So in about an hour, they had eaten them and posted some pictures and shared it with their friends. And a couple days later... One of the detectives at the police department called me and they're like, hey, my uh, boyfriend had one of your cheesecakes. His birthday's coming up pretty soon. Can you uh, make some super small bite-sized cheesecakes? And I'm like, hey, I have no clue how to do that, but I'll figure it out. (laughs) I love this. So what I love so much about this story that Greg tells is that he was stuck in one of the most soul-sucking day jobs that I've ever heard of. And I want to play you this moment that happened in his life that has so much synchronicity. It's like straight out of a movie. Listen to this. I was making plastic bags for dog food companies and cat food companies. And I did not like that job. So I would work all night for 12 hours. And then I would come home on my last day and I would immediately start making cheesecakes. Or I would make cheesecakes before I would work that 
rotating shift nights and then I would work all night and then I would get in my car as soon as I got off on that last day and then I would go sell cheesecakes. Oh my God. And you're, what are you just like feeding something into a machine all day? Not even that. Most of the time I'm just sitting that I was sitting there making sure that it stayed running. Oh my God. I want to cry for you. I hate <laughs> this. Oh, oh my God. And, and it probably doesn't pay you six figures a year. No, no, no. It it paid decent. It allowed me to do what I wanted to, but I'm like, hey, let's hurry up and get this shift over so I can go home and do what I actually yeah. want to do. And uh, as soon as I left, it was kind of like the building disappeared and didn't exist anymore. And I didn't have to worry about that for several days. And I could do what I wanted yeah. to, selling cheesecake and being a people person to people that I actually liked because they liked what I was making. Yeah. And then eventually you're doing this. So what happened? The next big thing was I had uh, went into work like I always do. And uh, there was a particularly bad day where there was some mistakes made and it was my fault. And I got in a little trouble for it. This was July 24th or 25th. Wow. And, uh, I went throughout the day and then went home. I was off for my normal days. And then I went in on a Monday, which was July 31st and national cheesecake day. So, uh, I was wow. kind of slightly annoyed that I had to work at my full-time job because yes, it was national, national cheesecake, cheesecake day. day. It was like yeah. my national, my national holiday and I didn't <laughs> yeah. get a play in it. <laughs> so I went to work and I'd been working for a couple hours and I got called into the office and my supervisor said, um, we're going to go ahead and let you go uh, since you made your errors last week. Um, we can't have you work here anymore. And I'm like, I really wasn't upset. I kind of looked at him. I'm like, couldn't you have told me this on Friday? Because today is my national holiday. And I did you say that? Lot. I did. <laughs> oh I love it. And he, he kind of looked at me. And I'm like, it's National Cheesecake Day. And it's like, oh, I didn't really think about that. And I said, eh, you wouldn't have because you're not the Cheesecake Ninja. So my supervisor was walking me out the door and uh, he said, hey, now you can sell cheesecakes full time. And I said, that is not funny because now I don't have a job at all and I don't sell enough cheesecakes to uh, wow. warrant doing that. Mm -hmm. So I was on my way home and I was pretty terrified because I was going to have to tell my wife that I got let go from my job. And yeah. I walked in and she kind of looked at me and said, well, you're going to have to start selling more cheesecakes. I wow. said, I got to do what I got to do. Isn't that crazy? He got fired on national cheesecake day and it's amazing. It's all working out for Greg and the cheesecake ninja. Um, but what a sign, right? What a sign from the universe. So I really hope that these remind you you do not have to know it all. You do not have to have it all together in order to start. The clarity does follow the action. Okay, so I hope you learned something valuable today or that you were reminded of something useful that maybe you didn't learn in school. And here are some takeaways. Number one, just start. Let it be lousy. Number two, fear doesn't have to control your life. Talk to it. Challenge it. Number three, follow your curiosity. Make the ugly cheesecake and the next one and the next one. Number four, failure is not a dead end. It's just one stop on the road to the next iteration. Number five, give yourself a break. It is okay 
to do less. Number six, you don't need to be an expert or an inventor to make a difference. Just do something that makes another person feel seen. Thank you guys for being here. Truly, I have no doubt that you have an endless amount of things that you could be doing instead of listening to this show. It means the world to me that you continue to listen. Definitely subscribe because we have some amazing guests coming on soon, including Candace Nelson, who started Sprinkles Cupcakes, and Colby Calais, who is one of my favorite musicians. So definitely subscribe so you don't miss these awesome episodes. And if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, please do, because I love to read those every few days and it just gives me a lift. I know they say, don't read your reviews, but you guys don't know what that means to me. And you can also help us and help the world by telling a friend about the show. Maybe they need to hear more about these things that they didn't learn in school. Maybe they just need to hear some interviews with an incredible guest who reminds them that what they want to do is doable. So if you know a person who might find this useful, take a second right now and share this episode or another episode with a person, with somebody that you care about, because it might just change their life. And again, I just want to thank you for buying the book. Uh, my publisher, Macmillan, said, your fans are incredible. They said, we've never seen someone be able to sell these books, you know, this far in advance. And they said, you are such a contender to be on the New York Times bestseller list. And the tears were like streaming down my eyes because you guys, I'm just a girl who was a C plus B minus student who like barely graduated from high school, who had not the easiest time and definitely not the best grades and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. All I knew is that I really cared that people were hurting and I wanted to make work that mattered. And I was terrified and I'm still scared every time I do something that's out of my comfort zone. And to think that you guys are here and supporting me and buying this book and that maybe I'm going to wind up getting to have even more of a voice to remind people to have this permission to play and do what they love is just such a dream come true. So um, I really do need your help. If you haven't bought the book yet and you do feel like this podcast is worth 15 to 20 bucks of value, if you feel like it's added that much value to your life, please go ahead and buy the book. And if you do, to say an additional thank you, I'll be doing a full week live workshop Monday through Friday, so starting September 16th. And if you can't join us live, we will send you the replays every single day, but I will be there every single day doing some coaching for an hour. And I have a lot of good stuff planned. So definitely, if you're going to buy the book anyway, buy it before September 16th, go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book, and you can sign up for the workshop and buy the book. I'll leave you with a song of mine, as I always do. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Let's not leave